Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. When it comes to being transgender and transitioning, there are a few key moments. Being able to receive hormone treatment. Definitely having my top surgery. You already know about me coming out to Ma in the car. What the f***? But one of my key moments wasn't medical related. It didn't even involve my family or friends. It required me to fly over 10,000 kilometers. Be seated in a restaurant and have a complete stranded look at 18 year old me and say, Uh, sir, excuse me, is there anything else I could get you? Oh my gosh, yes! Someone identified me correctly, yes! Woo! That was the first time that had ever happened. And it was amazing for someone who had never met me or knew my story to finally see me as I saw myself. Kia ora, I'm Joseph Stockhausen, and this is the podcast where I take you on the journey my mum and I went through when I first came out. So if you've got questions that all that frantic Googling isn't managing to answer for you, sit back, take a listen, because we made this for you. It's still me, nothing's changed Just little parts of me are rearranged I'm still here, so are you We've got so much growing left to do This is more than just a kid and a parent Let's be transparent Kia ora, I'm Joseph Stockhausen and welcome to Let's Be Transparent Living in New Zealand, we often fall into a bit of a trap, into thinking we're far away from the rest of the world. It might have felt a bit like that during the lockdowns for sure, but when you take a look at both our geographical location as well as the diversity of our population, it's clear to see all around us there's a lot of different folk all calling Aotearoa home. In this episode, I wanted to explore that more and step away from what I grew up with, that gender is split into two boxes, and instead step into the world perspective of the Pacific. My name is Felicia Bernecton. Um, I hail from the village of Finianihakupu, it's on Niue Island. Felicia's house sits in a newly developed area in south-south Auckland, practically at the foot of the Bombay Hills. Inside it's a dance of cultures, modern and sleek but with twists of weaved rug and painted decorations that clearly speak Pacific to any visitors. Coming to the realisation that she might be trans came to her through a combination of seeing herself in others, and specifically, netball. I didn't see or know anything about what it was to be trans or what it was to be whakawhiwhine. I didn't meet any, in, or see myself through any other like myself. 
until I was a teenager, um, where I just happened to be walking down the um, from Greyland shops to where we lived, uh, just before Western Springs, and I could hear wh- whistles um, blowing, and it was a netball game, so I sort of strolled up to the Greyland Primary School court, and then I just looked ahead and I just thought, wow, like my, my first time, these beautiful Pacific women who were just like gazelles prancing um, in the air, taking the ball and just offloading it off to the next person. It was just this beautiful sym- symphony of, of individuals, but I could hear this cackling of cheers and I thought, they sound quite some familiar. And they knew, they looked across and they looked and they thought, oh, there's a little sister. And they just called out to me and said, sister, sister, come. I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But it was my first experience of ever um, seeing myself through the reflection of another individual. Mm. And that's when I realised, like, they're just like me. Felicia and Netball were tied together, leading her to an international sporting career, in particular the inaugural Netball World Cup for men's and mixed teams. She played in the New Zealand mixed teams as a woman, and her on-court skill attracted attention, all kinds of attention. Automatically, Australia and Fiji put in a protest. Put in a protest and said that New Zealand um, uh, were basically, uh, did not tell the truth that I was a trans woman and have been representing me on the court as a woman, playing as a woman. So they had to have a special meeting, they had to go through all the official documents, so every time you sub on or off or you play, the, um, the coach must inform the bench and the bench makes the changes on the paper. So they could see my coach, like the whole process of that experience was just like, oh, why is it that I just can't just be left alone to just play netball? Felicia didn't let the controversy get her down though. She went on to help her team win the first ever international mixed title for New Zealand. Encouraged by her success both on the field and overcoming the transgender bias she experienced, and also just wanting to do something for the Pacifica community, Felicia decided to help build more support for transgender people. In Felicia's native New Wayan, the term fakafafene is what we might see as a transgender woman, but in reality, gender identity is more nuanced. For a lot of Indigenous people, that is a... Um, something that sort of is like the seventh thing about us. So when we start, start to think about that concept of gender identity in general, from an Indigenous perspective, or from a Pacifica perspective, or from a Nguyen perspective, um, it's important to understand that. Um, uh, that it, it, is, it is not the, the first fronting part of who we are as people. Um, and for us it is not, and it has never been about being binary. Women do masculine male roles. Men do feminine, uh, you know, uh, feminine uh, woman roles uh, within different Pacific cultures and societies. And it's the same thing within someone like myself who identifies as whakawhifine. The actual word whakawhifine is not meant to describe my gender identity. It speaks to my mannerisms as an individual. So my feminine mannerisms, which is not directly connected to how I perceive or present, or I guess part present my, my gender identity, but the understanding of other people, my elders, is that it connects me to this spectrum of feminine ways of being. Under Fene Pacifica, Felicia supports the families by using various ways of building understanding between parents and young people. 
There's a few different methods she used to establish this. One that has been especially effective is PhotoSpeak. We provided family members with Polaroid cameras to take a picture a day of, of each day of the month and to document why they took that picture. And at the end of it, they get to develop the pictures and then get to see the pictures and connect it into their diary. We had a trans-identifying um, young individual who came from Kelston Boys High School, and the father took a picture, and he took a picture of um, a bird in a cage, uh, and then his final picture was a bird, oh, in the mid part, it was a bird in a tree. And then at the end of it, he took a picture of a bird flying in the air. The way in which he operated as his father was, at the beginning, keeping this bird in this cage. And everything you do, everything I, everything I tell you, you must do. His expectations for his daughter was he wanted her to be an all-black, because that was the expectations of his son. That's who he, you know, ideally um, viewed her as. And then as he started to learn through this process, he started to learn that his daughter has different aspirations, that no matter what her aspirations were, um, they were her aspirations, but then the same, same, same thinking, they were everything that she did, she wanted to do well for herself, but also for her family. And so I guess that, that final picture for him with the bird flying in the air um, was representative of her freedom, but also his freedom to know that she can go out there and be whatever she wants to be, provided that he provides her unconditional love and support. Finding strength and identity and creating positive stories that puts you and your family at the centre of them is super powerful. It's also something anyone can benefit from. I guess it comes down to what's the story that you want to tell. And when you think about it that way, who wouldn't want to make it a good one? Building understanding within families and culture is key to supporting a young person, but it doesn't always happen. Sadly, this has resulted in disproportionate numbers of young people wrestling with their gender identity, finding themselves living on the streets. I'm on my way to chat with Nehana Gordon-Stables, who has the lived experience that comes with his work. Yeah, kia ora. Um, my name is Nehana. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Um, and I currently work for Rainbow Youth um, as a homelessness support worker. Um, I've been doing that for the past, like, nine-ish months. Um, and kind of what that means is that I work alongside other kind of organisations that provide housing for young people to, yeah, house, like, young rainbow people. Uh, yeah, that's me. Takatapui is a word that connects a Māori cultural identity and spirituality to their queer identity, so they don't have to shed one identity for another. For, for me, what it means to be Takatapui, for instance, was um, first and foremost, I am Māori, and it encompasses uh, yeah, being Māori as a part of that identity. I, I guess it also just means to be, from like a Pākehā lens, that it is queer, I mean, the word itself was was to mean 
lover of the same sex, but now it's kind of like used um, to encompass this quite, quite a lot of things with a little bit of sub kind of genres. So on the side, I also identify as Tangata Eritania, and so that that's that's trans um, male from that side as well. Um, but Takatapu means just really to encompass all of those identities as one. It's to be trans, it's to be bi, it's to be Māori, it's to be all of those things um, at once because we're not just... We, we're all our identities at, at once, yeah, so all of those things encompassing under one thing. Was it your mum who introduced to you the, the concept of takatāpui or was it just sort of there that, you know, you, you sort of understood it and it was present in your childhood? No, it was not present in my childhood. Um, but, I mean, I mean, we'll see how what, what child really means, really, for being Māori, because, I mean, I'm still a child, and um, <laughs> if that were to be the case. Um, but, uh, no, in my family, I... Um, uh, look, I, like I have a great relationship with my with my mum now, and that's really cool. But um, I was kicked out when I was sixteen, and we weren't really a family for a good four years. Um, but now we're we're pretty close. Called it yesterday, <laughs> like, um, and. And that's pretty prevalent in our in our um, in our conversations in um, the Takatapui magazine as well, you know, um, and. I was taken in by like um, by my community in Wellington, um, which I was very um, privileged at the time to just be looked after by um, Maori and Pacifica um, in my community, who just introduced me. They were like, "You're Maori, you're brown, <laughs> you're gay, um, come on through," and they just like yeah held my hand, took me there, and I was made a part of that um, community since, like, age 15, 16. If you'd like to read more on this topic, I've cultivated a few articles and resources to dig into on our website, transparentpodcast.nz. One you'll find is the magazine Naihana was a part of. It's a nationwide story-gathering hub that saw Takatapui individuals and their families talk about their experiences. It's called Growing Up Takatapui. Everyone has the... um has the capability to, to change um, the way they believe and the, what they think about you. My mum, I remember when she told me, when I first came out to her, she said, it may take two or three years or it may take forever. And I remember being a young person thinking that that felt like forever. <laughs> two, three years felt mm. like forever. Um, but then like five, five, six years down the track, I, I'm so glad that we worked through the hard um, and look, sometimes we can't work through the hard and, and that's, you know, like at least we tried as well. Um, but my advice is to is to reach out as much as you can to your wider parts of your family, um, to the wider parts of your community, is that, look, people from those communities will, will help you as much as they can um, and they'll always be open arms for you um, if you just ask. And what about advice to, you know, the family members mm. who... They've heard this word takatapoi, but it's so, like, you know, it, well, like maybe in, in in their mind, like, oh, that's just, you know, that's just the kupu for queer, mm. um, and that's just the the pakia queer. Mm. Um, so, and speaking to families where this term is so new, mm. um, what advice would you give to them? First and foremost, we're Māori. 
that's that's the first thing. First and foremost, we're Māori, and look like that 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 comes along as well. Those are, we are all our identities as one, at the same together, um, and and look like. If your young person is is Takatapu, they are Māori as well. Um, reach out to like your communities. If you're not a part of those communities, again, uh, same advice. They they will take you in with open arms. And look, the shame that we're feeling is is not your fault. Um, those those to especially those parents. Like as a young person who had a parent who had who had to go through that. Um, and I and I went along through that with them. Is that that shame is real and that shame isn't your fault um, and we can work through that together and there are organisations out there who will help you. Um, all you have to do is have a little Google search and a little time and a little faith. Whoa, 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 wait. Haven't we been advising against Googling? Well, I mean, yes. Well, no, we advise against frantic Googling. This is more reasonable, calm Googling, you see? Googling and listening to the podcast? <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to Nehana. I was still wondering how did his mum reach her with his wider whanau? There's a um, drawing inside the Takatapu resource um, where there's a picture of like two people in a car. Um, so that's me and my mum, actually. Oh. <laughs> um, and because um, we talk about it in the, in the interview, is that um, she really, still to this day, actually, still does it. Love you, mum. Um, where she's got a really good question or like a really hard one. Um, she's just like, she'll drive me somewhere and obviously you can't get out of a moving car. Um, so it's really just like, <laughs> you're kind of locked in. You can't really leave the situation. <laughs> Lol. Joe, we're not the only ones. And that was kind of how I ended up coming out to my mum because we were in the car and she was just like, well, what's going on? Um... And she just ended up doing the same thing to my aunties, <laughs> but inside a pool. Um, <laughs> so she'd, like, cornered them inside the pool, and she'd gone um, on this, like, family uh, holiday um, to uh, Raritong or something, um, and she'd cornered them all in the pool and then just been like, yeah, my son's trans. This is a new name. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. Um, and all they had were questions. And advocating for your young person for your child is always going to be a really hard thing and i think really the thing that i see a lot now working for young people and talking to their parents is that they feel so isolated that they're not talking to anybody else um and they're not seeing it as a like i know that parents will see it as like a hard thing for themselves but you need to talk to other people um, whether that be your family or somebody else outside of it, reach out for help um, before you end up having to talk to, you know, your family. Um, even if that's just your mate, it's your friend, anywhere, you deserve to talk about it and you deserve support as well um, alongside supporting your own young person. Now, Hannah's common sense advice really resonates. Keep talking, be accepting. But as his experience shows, and in mine as well, it isn't always easy and the road isn't exactly smooth. But finding some company along the way really makes a difference. Hey Ma, just finished speaking with Nehana. So, could you pick me up please? Yo, it's hot today. It is real hot. Hang on, let me just put the air conditioning on. We're gonna have to, we're gonna need some air. There we go. 
what I loved about um, my Nehana's interview in particular was that he talked about something that I think is very understated um, in the conversation of, you know, talking about being transgender with family members. And that is like the wider family. You know, it's the cousins, the aunties, uncles, grandparents. Um, it isn't just the unit, the, the parent and the child, which is what we're focused on yeah. in the podcast already. But it's like, especially, in, I don't know if this is everyone's transition, but in my transition, those moments with other family members were very integral, you know? It, you know, um, when I came out and you told my grandparents, we started going to their house like every Sunday for dinner and it's not like we talked about my transition specifically all that all that much you know it was mentioned but we, we started to actually converse and I and and they got their, my pronouns wrong sometimes but they were trying really hard especially with the names that I was going by like um, Bryn and Sydney at the time you know, my tryouts <laughs> um, and they they just became like a part of the transition as well like they they were a part of the journey you know like I got my first electric shaver um you Our know from them day. yeah yeah and I think that's a I think you know it is a transition for everyone and I think the 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 faster that um the extended family can get on board and support surround the person and support them I mean that's what we were doing we were surrounding you and supporting you so that you felt like it was okay and um and it wasn't like hey we're gonna support you let's have dinner every Sunday night it was just we're just gonna come in close and um you know give you what you need um without you sort of being obvious that oh okay they're they're cotton wooling me do you know what I mean? Well, I didn't... Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like that well, was what it was. But, you know, there was even, like, my first... Um, <laughs> my first cologne was from you and Uncle Jordan yeah. um, in, in Australia when you went over there. And this was when we were still not really communicating that well. And then you came back... Um, was it with, like, De- uh, the Beckham, like, cologne? Um and you know you told me that he was very much like oh he's gonna need some of this when he starts hormones yeah, um, yeah. and I had that for, for ages and I always thought like this is someone who I've never who I haven't talked to a lot in, in many years but I just remember him as this really awesome guy yeah. this really cool dude and he was just like yo he's gonna need cologne let's go to oh yes Uncle, you Uncle Jordan's all snazzy and wears the best of everything and he was just like, he needs to smell good. And I was like, wow, well, all right. I, I was having bad VO that summer. Well, it, was, it wasn't yeah. about that. It was just, well, well, it you know, you always got to smell good. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, the thing is, I didn't realize those moments were so important. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was aware, I would have made sure there were more of those moments that told you that, you know, we accept you, this is your new you know we're at different points different stages in our lives in terms of how much we understand about ourselves and the world around us so you know I think for me 
you know, identity, for me growing up, identity was really important because I felt like when I was younger and with my traumatic past, I felt like I didn't have an identity. But my identity was in was in the eyes of others and what others other people thought about what they thought about me and is what formed who I was. I very much listened to the adults around me and what I should and shouldn't do because I had no idea who I was or what I wanted to be and I that was one of the most important things bringing you up was I didn't want you to ever feel like you never knew who you were or what you liked or you know so I always if you wanted to dress as a horse for a week and eat carrots on the ground you did that you know and I felt that there was an importance for you to explore your identity and while you were exploring the things that you liked and who you were I was exploring my things because I was relearning how to form myself and this was when you were young like when you had me yeah it was in my early late 20s you know and my I always felt my identity was wrapped up you know single mother bam on the DPB bam you know and I felt very ashamed about that and I felt like it affected that was my identity and it wasn't until I went to university to get my degree and succeeded at something for myself that I started to go okay well okay I'm more than just a single mother and and then I realized I really listened to other people's opinions and then I became very rebellious in the fact (laughs) that I was like nah I don't care what anyone thinks about me this is what who I am this is what I love and I'm not listening to anyone and that was a real I think that was in my early 30s that I really was like I cannot live like I don't by what people say about me and I really was like I was just about to say because when you were when you were detailing this person who you were in your 20s I was like that's not that's not no you're very I was very very, malleable you're a very ballsy person now I am like now I'm just like if I want but I had no confidence you know when you have no confidence and people are telling you oh you should do this oh you're good at this or you shouldn't do that I very much was like if someone told me not to do something I didn't do it I just listened yeah (laughs) and now I'm just like you know what I'm gonna do I'm very rebellious if someone says I can't do something I'm just like I'll show you you're still like that I'm definitely like that that. you know and so that has so identity and I think people have to really take it seriously who they are and what they like what they don't like and who how they appear and be okay with changing because you're exploring yourself you know just because you're one way for so many years doesn't mean that you have to be that forever I've never really stopped to think about my mum being anything else other than my parent, but in every way, that was a major transition for her life that ultimately set up mine. Hearing her talk about it does challenge my perspective of the challenges she's been through. It actually makes me really proud of her. I guess when we start being honest about our thoughts, feelings, or as Felicia talks about it, our story, we get a much stronger idea about who we are, not just in the eyes of others, but our own as well. On the next episode of Let's Be Transparent, we're talking to people who have transitioned later in life and try to find out what insights they can give to parents and young people. The final episode of the season is going to be a live record that puts your questions to our guests. So send your questions to joseph at transparentpodcast.nz. 
Also sign up to our website where we'll let you know how you can come along. Thank you to this episode's guests, Felicia Brown Acton, she, her, and Ahana Gordon Sables, he, him. Thanks again for listening. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. If you've got any questions or want more information on anything you've heard, we've put together a whole list of resources from each episode on our website, transparentpodcast.nz. Let's Be Transparent is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you've enjoyed listening, then I'd be really grateful if you gave us a rating and leave a review. Let's Be Transparent was created and presented by me, Joseph Stockhausen, he, him, and my mum, Pauline Stockhausen, she, her. Our theme song was written and performed by Maxwell Apps, they, them. The executive producer was Tim Watkin, he, him. This podcast was produced and made by the Team at Motuehe Group for Radio New Zealand. Also, huge thanks to Radio New Zealand's Liz Garten, she, her, for all of her awesome advice putting this all together. This is more than just a kid and a parent. Let's be transparent. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.